I'm Nick Abrahams, and welcome to Web3, From Mystery to Main Street, the podcast where we talk about how technologies like crypto, DeFi, NFTs, and the metaverse are being successfully embraced by mainstream businesses. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome again to the show. Today, I'm talking blockchain and provenance and supply chain. Uh, very lucky to have Dan Ryan with us, who is the general counsel of Everledger. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nick. I'm very happy to be here. And now, um, Everledger is uh, well, it's a remarkable company and certainly has been at the vanguard around sort of provenance and blockchain and so forth. Could you give us a little background on, you know, what, what is Everledger? Sure. So, um, well, we, we style ourselves as a digital transparency company. Uh, Everledger was formally established in um, back at, well, over five years ago now in the UK by our founder, Leanne Kemp. Uh, she, um, she raised money in London um, through, uh, through Techstars and she was focusing on at that stage because she had a background in, in the jewellery industry as well as um, RFID technology. Um, on using blockchain to try to solve um, the blood diamond problem. Um, y- you might recall, like, at about that time, there was the famous movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and, yeah. and what have, and there was the implementation of the Kimberley process. Um, well, that's a paper-based process. Um, can, and so, can you just talk yep. through what is the Kimberley process? So is, is that a, that's a paper-based provenance process, is it? Yeah, that was put in place um, internationally um, to to um, help prove that the diamonds that you that you buy in the in the retail store don't come are not conflict diamonds don't come from areas where there's you know child um, child soldiers and all the other nasties that were, were were just you know illustrated in that movie yeah um, um, and so Leanne you know and the, and the diamond supply chain is, is a somewhat complicated one we, we we know it super super well about 90 percent of the diamonds in the world go through a place called Surat in India and then they go off you know you know in many places via Israel and Belgium and before they end up on the in the, in the uh, retail store on, on the high street so um, the Kimberley process is essentially a paper-based um, you know you get a certificate a paper certificate so what we wanted to do was was be able to um, make that digitized and as well as include other ethical claims on the blockchain that um, members in the supply chain or the end user could could pull up and easily draw on and have confidence um, because of you know the, the nature of the blockchain and its immutability that that it, it, it that what what is being said was something that they could um, they could have confidence in that was credible. Right, and and so you so did you there. Act, I guess, as Everledger grew, and sorry, it started. Where's Everledger's sort of base? <laughs> so, the- so sorry, yeah, maybe I, didn't, I should have described that some more fully. So, a uh, holding company is based in London. Okay. Um, I, I'm. We have subsidiaries in in India. We have subsidiary in the United States, um, where our CTO is based in, in Silicon Valley. Um, we have uh, we have a presence here in Australia. We're about half the team of the management team are here. Um, and above half the senior management team are based in in the UK. Um, we have uh, so I'm based here, and from and my background, maybe it's worth describing. I, I spent yeah. about fifteen plus years in Hong Kong and China. Okay. So we so we um, 
in the technology sector. I've been a GC to a um, tech company previously and worked for some of the international law firms, um, Freshfields and Baker and McKenzie and the like up there. So I have a fairly solid, um, you know, China background amongst other things. Um, and so, but we're, I'm based in Brisbane. Um, Leanne spends a fair amount of her time. She was previously the chief entrepreneur of Queensland, that the, the role that the Queensland government um, gives to certain entrepreneurs who've done interesting things. She did that for about three years. Um, and, and so from here, you know, we, we, uh, we, we actually, I literally just came back from Asia where we had a global offsite right. uh, for the people pulling together. Cause the last couple of years, we obviously haven't been able to, um, meet as regularly as, as we might have liked. And it's good to see some people actually work closely with, but I haven't ever met, met in person. So, so yeah, we're a global company. We're about 150 people or thereabouts. Um, we're invested in by, um, um, you know, very credible investors. Um, and, and we've been at it now for, you know, five or so years. Um, and so when people look to the application of blockchain at an industry level in doing, you know, really getting into supply chains, um, we're at certainly at the cutting edge of that. Yeah. Fantastic. And, um, I mean, <laughs> it's sort of, uh, I, I'm sure the two aren't necessarily closely related, but it's uh, interesting to see that, uh, a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. <laughs> Fired a business. It's like, uh, who knows if Leanne watches Wolf of Wall Street, what, she may, what, what may she come up with then? Um, yeah, although, although that is Top Gun movie, who knows? That's been mentioned to the, you know, crazy schemes. Who knows? Anyway, there's, yeah. there's plenty. people get their inspiration from all different quarters, yeah. It's true. No, I mean, it's a fantastic, um, you know, because I think the issue with blockchain has been, you know, really since, since the advent of, um, you know, Bitcoin first introduced it, and we and organisations have been looking for uses for it outside of cryptocurrency, and it's mm. I think it's sort of widely been regarded as as being you know a solution in search of a problem. But obviously, that provenance issue is um, is something that Everledger has identified and worked well with. Just in terms of the tech stack, and not not wanting to go into any great detail, but is it is it your is it your blockchain, or are you working off other blockchains, or how? We, we work we work off other other blockchains, Ethereum and, and, and Fabric, um, but we um and, and and our magic is the way like the applications we build on top of those, and obviously the uh, understanding of the supply chains in which we work. Um, and how we're able to ingest data and and um, and present that to the end consumer as well in a, in a in an easy meaningful way. Um, so that's yeah. I mean, building your own blockchain is a different kind of kettle of fish, and probably something that we wouldn't really want to be wanting to do because um, uh, it would possibly um, and probably I'm swimming out beyond my tech capability here, but but um, it wouldn't it wouldn't allow us to properly engage in the way we, we yeah. would want to with other players on um, who want to get it like upload data to the chain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just on that, I mean, I think one of the things that I've seen in terms of enterprise blockchain uh, uh, projects is it's um, a lot of it is, is sort of almost herding cats as well because you have to get a lot of organisations or stakeholders a around a particular product or, or project to actually agree to standards and so forth. Is, how did that happen with the Diamond um, project? I mean, are you, do you sort of put together the collaboration agreements to, and do, are you responsible for getting all the stakeholders together and getting them to agree to standards and so forth? Yeah. Um, I mean, um, maybe it's worth just stepping back um, and tackling this um, often used line, you know, that blockchain is a solution in search of a problem. Yeah. I mean, um, I understand the critique and actually I really like it. Um, 
engaging with people like Kelvin Lowe and um, Eliza um, Mick and others who 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 make you know substantive legal critiques of both uh, of the technology and and its limitations and some of the overhyped claims. Yeah. Um, but I think what needs to be understood with, with blockchain, it, it's a technological tool. Um, that can be used in particular cases and has application. It's never going to be the be-all and end-all of, of um, your solution to every problem, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and so, and so it, it has uses in supply chains um, because of its, you know, the ability to upload and its immutability that go beyond traditional, you know, you know um, databases and other yeah. um, uh, track and trace technology. So um, in terms of like... Um, um, you mentioned standards. I mean, one of the things, um, you know, there's, a, there's it, obviously that's data uploaded onto the chain, and, and I and I ensure that whatever data is uploaded um, is, you know, if it's personal data, then obviously we don't put it on chain because um, then you, you you can run into conflict with other, you know, personal data rules, GDPR yeah, yeah. and others, yeah, because of part of the part of the rights that data users have is the ability to sort of, in many cases. Um, um, have control some some degree of control over their data, and if you've got it permanently stuck on chain, then they lose that control. Li- limits the ability of for you to um, you know give it back to them. Yeah. Um, uh, and so so we do that in other means. We keep it off chain, but have the ability of, of people to access this. In terms of other non personal data, which is uploaded or certificates or or other like you know, th- you can cover a whole host of things, right? So a, civ- a Kimberley certificate that's that's pulled. Um, from the um, you know database or the source, um, you know that that doesn't pose any super problems. Right. Um, when you're when you're trying to upload large amounts of diamond data, well, you know I've worked with our tech team to ensure that we have particular data schemes in place, and and, and what we're uploading is is um, obviously not subject to any third party claims, and it's and it's and we're, and we're pulling it up in the right way, and we're working directly with um, those that are um, producing the data. I mean, one of the one of the reasons why it was interesting at the beginning that um, why diamonds were interesting for blockchain is because diamonds, unlike many other things, um, have a unique. There are no two diamonds are the same. They have their own unique fingerprint. So right. if you do a scan of a diamond, um, you can be sure it doesn't need, in essence, need to be tagged through right. the supply chain. Um, so you can you can have a photograph of it or, or you know a scan of it, and you can be confident that that particular photograph relates to that particular diamond. And then you can build up um, other information on the chain, so so people can at whatever point in the supply chain pull it, pull information up and, and and see where it's come from and um, where it's going to. Um, so sorry, have, we, we, I ran up a round a bit there, but hopefully that answered some of the yeah. the, the questions on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and just, I mean, if we think about to to sort of give um, give folks a, a sense of what does it mean to actually sort of have this transparency? If we look at how it rolls out, so so you've got a diamond, and yep. and you're able to to identify that it has its sort mm. of unique DNA, as as it were, and then and so the way that the Everledger solution works is that are you you're able to track that through sort of a variety of gates as a, i guess as that diamond goes from i guess being mined to then i guess it gets yes so we we, get we, we, we yeah we are yeah well so we offer the ability obviously that the kimberley process um certificates and stuff were, were the initial um impetus for the for the company but yeah. there are other things that people are interested in um um 
you know, the provenance, that they can da- guarantee that the provenance comes from um, Tanzania or India right. or, or God knows where, right? That they may have, they may, they may be interested in that for, for sentimental reasons or for, for, because of ESG reasons. There are other people might be interested in like the, um, you know, the carbon content, uh, carbon dioxide content, which was involved in, in transporting the good, or they may be interested in, in any other ethical claims. And we don't really take a position on the, on the nature of the ethical claim. We want, we want people to upload, um, um, you know, either their own industry standard certification or if it comes from a government one, that can be uploaded as well so that the, the consumer is empowered with as much information that they want about an item, which they don't get through, um, you know, the, the current labels that are on them yep. or they can't have confidence in. Yep. I, I like to think actually, um, you know, this stuff is, it's almost like a, an augmented trademark, trademark, you know, trademark is a sort of 19th century technology, you pop Coke, you know, a badge Coca-Cola and you can, and it gives you a, a particular, you know, idea about the style of the, of the, you know, um, and, and, and the quality and this, that, and the other, but, but, you know, with technology, we've got, we've got the ability now with someone swipes across an item to really kind of find, should be able to find out much more meaningful information about where that comes from. So to, to guide their choice and, and those products that have that information will be able to differentiate themselves from those, those that don't. Um, you know, diamonds are valuable. They're emotional kind of items. Um, and, you know, um, <laughs> girls tend to know a lot, a lot more about them than guys. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, you know, it's a, it's, it's a choice that pe- where people have, you know, strong um, views. And so the more meaningful information we can provide to them, the, the better. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so that's, you know, that's where we think it's, it's all heading. And that's what we're kind of, you know, trying to, what we're trying to, um, you know, well, both change um, certain industries, but also um, move beyond the diamond industry and move that beyond that into others. Yeah. I mean, in, so in, in uh, 2021, so last year, Everledger won a contract with the Australian government to do a, a critical minerals sort of supply chain project using yeah. blockchain can you talk us through a little bit about that it was a great success and i understand it's been successfully completed can you yep. give us a sense of sort of you know what, what was that project about uh right so we've been working um sort of building on from the work that we've done in diamond which is you know a resource industry in, in essence we've been working on um with the future um future battery industries cooperative research center in perth and the automotive um automobile companies in different you know europe and and um united states um because we wanted to um you know um you know build out the supply chain get get um adoption of everledger's technology throughout the i mean the ev and the battery um um, supply chain um so um so the australian government um um opened this um this grant for um using blockchain technology to 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 track and trace um um products through the critical minerals blockchain uh, critical minerals sector um and we yeah we won it i mean it's it was it's the first of its kind globally right. so other other countries in the world broadly similar to australia like canada have been very interested in how that how that has gone and and, and may be implementing further things in their countries as well um, the Queensland government um, has been all based here, and the WA government have also been very interested in in what and how that has gone. And we've and we've you know watched this space. We're likely to be doing much more additional work with both of those right. um, resources states. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, it's, um, and, um, and, and so, you know, critical minerals covers lots of different things and the definitions vary slightly depending on which country you're, you're dealing with. The United States has a, has a different difference to Australia, you know, um, countries that, um, have an abundance of particular products. They're not critical for them, but they're not be critical for others. We focused on nickel, um, because Australia is a big nickel producer. And, and nickel is a critical mineral for, for other countries and we, including the United States. And it, the, there's a lot of rich data regarding nickel, which we were able to utilize in, in our, in our pilot. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so that was, like you said, it was successive, successfully acquitted. Uh, and what we really want to do is build on that, um, and build, you know, Build the digital infrastructure for the mining industry so that when 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 resources are exported from Australia, um, they don't just sort of go into the global pool and are priced and an Australian nickel or Australian other you know copper or God knows what is is priced at exactly the same price as as copper from I don't know Myanmar or deepest darkest Africa, right? right. There should we think be a premium on the on the on the on the resources that come from Australia because. Despite all our flaws and the rest of it, or if, if something comes from Australia and can demonstrate it's come from Australia, it, it's it's going to be more ethically produced than, than pretty much anywhere else in the world um, in the resources industry. Right. So that's that's the broader game. People can sort of see the the end goal. Um, there are challenges throughout to, to to do that effectively, but we're certainly, like I said, at the cutting edge of of, of implementing that. Yeah, and and so the. I, I guess the the is the main reason for doing it, um, this idea of you can the ethical sourcing proposition, so that you can tell that it's you know okay this is nickel it's come from Australia, and so that sounds like that's the main driver. But you also mentioned I guess there's that sort of metadata around things. I mean I'm not sure whether there's any metadata that's relevant around nickel, but um, in terms of you know what what what's happened to it. Over its time and so forth, is that is that also relevant in the uh, in the critical mineral space, or no? It's really just about where did this come from? Oh well, I mean, metadata. Meta the more the more data you have, the, you know, the more on on chain, the more um, metadata you have, which can be analysed and processed in different ways. I mean, it does yeah. depend on the sector. It does depend on what the end consumer, ultimate end consumer, or, or the participants in the supply chain want to know. Um, and uh but yeah look the, the there it's it's both consumer driven and it's government driven the need for for certification or technologies which can demonstrate the the compliance with ESG standards you know the europeans are um are um are certainly pushing ahead with um the requirement that um and the big automotive industry there that um that the manufacturers that are responsible for for sourcing ESG um um, um, materials, yeah. um, and and then you know the, the latest uh, in the United States. I think it's the, the Biden administration's um, Inflation Reduction Act contained provisions there, which give uh, a benefit to those um, sourcing materials in the EV sector from those that are um, countries that have uh, free trade agreements with the United States. Right. Which Australia is obviously one. So yeah. um, you know, and and then beyond that. Um, I mean, the short, the simple way I, I've described it is like the, the Tesla driver in San Francisco that's very um, socially aware um, doesn't wants to be able to tell his or her friends 
yeah. um, that would demonstrate that the, that the battery that's in the back of his car or her car is not doesn't it wasn't produced by child labor in the in the deepest darkest Africa, right? Yeah, uh, or it doesn't contain cobalt from 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 those areas. So, and that 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 flows through across the you know you know across the system. People are people are increasingly interested in in where products come have come from. Um, and, and this can be like not just ESG claims, but I mean, it, we do work in the apparel industry. Maybe I haven't touched on that. We, one of my yeah, clients, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexander McQueen. I mean, you know, that they also have issues related to um, um, ESG compliance. And famously, um, you know, there was this recent. Um, they 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 want to be able to. Um, um, be able to justify any claims that they're making to the end consumer because otherwise yeah. they they run the risk of being um, being attacked for greenwashing claims as well. So yeah. regulations coming at from a variety of different angles. Um, consumer sensibilities are also changing, and so th- there's a there's a demand for technology which can help validate the claims that are making or the or the, or the, or the demands that the consumers want in their products. Yeah, I mean so. I mean, the, you mentioned Alexander McQueen. I guess yep. what's the you know, how how um, how does Everledger work with uh, brands like Alexander McQueen? Oh, similarly, it's. I mean, we do again. Uh, we um, we're a smaller co- small company. We're still a, you know about 150 people. But yeah. Um, and and one of the challenges, and I've worked for tech companies in the past. One of the particular challenges which you alluded to earlier is that we sort of do have to pull different participants together. Yeah. Um, to make to make it work. So, within the apparel industry, we work with the Australian Wool Innovation. Um, um, it's a, a part of the Australian government responsible for the the Woolmark brand, amongst others. We and we work with high end um, fashion companies like Alexander McQueen and and, and others, um, so that you know they can. You know, it, it may not be that they want to demonstrate a particular certification in some cases. They might just want to tell the story of an item so that, that the consumer, when they swipe their, you know, high overpriced sort of garment in, in, in London, can mm-hmm. see that on chain that, that the wool grower who actually produced the, the, um, the materials that are in their, you know, suit or, or dress or what have. Um, and all that can be easily accessible, you know, through, through pulling it through a, a chain for which Everledger, you know, has responsibility. Um, you know, we we um, so it's it's it, it's again. I like to think about it. It's also we do sort of enterprise grade supply chain sort of um, validation, but yeah. we also provide a much more way of of end consumers meaningfully engaging with with the source of their products. Right. Um, which again is is not something that we we're traditionally used to. You know, a glass turns up or a, or a, or a um, or you know an item turns up and we we read some of the info on the you know p- paper packaging or or but we don't have any or even if there's some sort of website which we can go to we don't have any way of truly trusting what what is being is given to us and yeah. um, because we're we're an independent company we have independent technology I mean there was De Beers did if we go back to the diamond industry De Beers did try and set up their own. Um, you know, blockchain-related thing. It still exists, I believe, called Tracer, but they haven't had that much success because no one wants to be on the De Beers um, blockchain. I mean, they control the supply chains in the diamond industry enough already, right? So there, there's been a market for – there's been a, an opportunity for an independent company rather than one that's grown out of an existing um, incumbent. 
Um, and, and so, yeah, so so the apparel industry, um, Alexander McQueen, we allow consumers to sort of much more fully engage with um, the, the supply chain um, and so they can see where it's come from. And there's all sorts of other media. I mean, some of it's just, it's not you know, that groundbreaking, but it's an e- easy way of putting a whole lot of certifications and media and other um, things on, on change that the consumer can can access and um, um, assess. Okay. Okay, fascinating. And I think you you mentioned sort of batteries and uh, electric vehicles, and so that's a that's another area you've been doing a lot of work in. Yeah, so that's like like I said, we originally started off doing work with the, a cooperative research centre in Perth, which is a participant with some of the other um, resources companies there. We were the sort of tech element to it, but you know the reason why people are talking about um, critical minerals is. Well, there's geopolitical interest in it, um, and then there's also the growth of of um, electric vehicles, right? Because um, it's the critical, it's things like lithium and cobalt and what that make up the the batteries, which end up in the in the Teslas or, or, or similar types of um, vehicles. Yeah. So, um, so we are we, so we work at both end of the change, and a, a part of the kind of challenge for us as a, as a technology company is. Is it's almost like a public relations or other role. We, we've had to pull different parties together, and and Le, you know, Leanne spends a lot of her time um, networking and overseas on planes and within different um, forum, like the um, the Global Battery Alliance is one which we were very much um, a part of from the, from the beginning. Um, and some of the automotive consortia which are being put together to um, you know. Um, Ensure that that different participants in that can meet their ethical obligations and um, and use the, whatever technologies they they have at their disposal to do so. Right. So um, so yeah, so yeah so um, so we're involved in the critical mineral sector. We've been involved in the battery, and what we have done is um, um, we have we have something called a uh, you know it's a digital passport. A, 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 a battery passport essentially is the, is the right. term that people use. Right. Um, so that will give you information not only about whether that product has come from and the components that have, that have been involved in making it up, and like I said, any ethical claims related to it, but also in the um, where it's going to. All right. Post post you know um, you know post um, purchase by the consumer. Um, it. You know, there's issues like you know, obviously, what you do with the battery once it, um, it, it, it's used and needs to be recycled and repurposed and this, that, and the other. And so, um, the extent to which you can demonstrate that in an easy way, rather than you know, scraping it around in your suitcase to try and find like a paper-based forms and stuff, that that's yeah. that all makes things a lot simpler. Um, okay. Yeah, and, and I and, and likewise, um, you know, we're simply not used to being able to. You know, we just don't think about where where products fully come from, uh, and and where they're going to. You know, in the apparel sector, there's obviously it's interesting that they're not. You know, the garment isn't produced by, you know, um, substandard conditions in Bangladesh or God knows where, um, and the products involved that are made that your garment actually contains like 100, percent you know, cotton or 100 percent wool or whatever um, mix that that the that the retailer is claiming. But it's also interesting in the secondhand market. Like, if if you're wearing a black dress, a little black dress, not not you, but you know, you, you love your, right. your partner. Um, yeah. It's interesting if Kate Moss wore that dress previously, right? Or if you're having a glass of beer and you can demonstrate that, that Hugh Jackman 
drank from that glass previously. Whereas at the moment, you've got no idea. You might be drinking from a glass that Hugh Jackman had a beer from, but you've not, got no idea about that. Um, but if you're able to swipe and demonstrate that quickly, well, obviously, that becomes a much more much more interesting thing. And, you know, there's a whole lot of um, Web3 and other consumer-related stuff which people, like, are interested in and, 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 and has marketing applications and stuff which people can, you know, whatever, put on their Instagram feed or brag about or God knows, God knows what, right? It, there's, there's, um, there's a whole lot of post, um, con- uh, post-purchase um, applications that, that blockchain potentially has too. Yeah. No, very interesting. And, and I guess um, without wanting to go into a great amount of detail, but obviously mm. you're the general counsel there, so you're yeah. after the legal aspects as well of the organisation. And you mentioned sort of the issues associated with personal information and privacy compliance. Yep. What are some of the other sort of legal issues that, that you've sort of faced with putting data onto the blockchain? Um, well, it's again, well, the, it's to ensure that because it is immutable once it's on chain, um, it's, it's important that, again, there's no third-party claims against any of the, of the data that's uploaded. Um, I have the general challenges of running, you know, being responsible for a company which has, you know, employees in India and, and God knows um, and, and elsewhere, um, ensuring that our commercial, you know, standard licensing agreements and everything else um, makes sense, um, especially with the, the companies that we're engaging with. Right. Uh, I'm trying. If, you, if you're talking in general terms, yeah, personal data is one is one question. Although we're we, because we don't um, upload it on chain, we've been able to avoid main issues regarding to that. Um, and no one, as far as I'm aware, has been able to solve, like, been able to reconcile the obligations you have with GDPR and other things with with the blockchain, the yeah. immutable nature of the blockchain. Um, I mean, we have, um, oh, look, you know, it, um, what other things do we really bounce up against? I mean, um, we, um, I mean, it, it's mainly to do with, um, there's a variety of different, I think as you mentioned earlier, um, standards out there for ESG um, compliance. Um, I, I personally don't think you're ever going to get a situation where there is one global standard for particular things. Yeah. In some ways, that suits us because you can put on different standards on chain. You're not you're not bound to one and, and allow the end user to select the one which is most meaningful to them. Um, but some of the work that I've been involved with has been, you know, pulling together different parties to try and create, um, you know, com- compliance standards that that they do. Um, can all sign up to um the um i mean what else do do we really bump up against um it's mainly you know if we're dealing with like a major um major corporate um you know or um we're raising money or doing uh, doing other different things you know that's um that's 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 me pretty you know (laughs) a lot of that falls on my shoulders so i can imagine um, that keeps me up nice yeah yeah it's busy. And just as a, as a final question, I guess for those for those that might be listening out there and organisations who might be sort of str- struggling with, you know, some of those prominence issues that you've talked about or how, you know, could see value in being able to identify uh, where the product or the constituent components came from and so forth, what, what advice do you have for them? How do, they, how do they get started on this sort of supply chain validation journey? Yeah, well, look, I mean, um, the welcome to contact um, Everledger. We have, yep. we have, we have a, a, a team 
which of analysts essentially um, who who um, have have done work across a variety of different industries. Right, we, we've we've we don't know everything about. Um, Every every supply chain, but we yeah. have a, a great amount of expertise in quite complicated ones. Um, so we um, we can kind of do a, a, an assessment about whether um, the blockchain, you know, or what we offer is going to to work for them um, on you know in a way that makes commercial sense for everyone. The um, I mean, Leanne's got a famous line that she's you know went on the business of tracking and tra- tracing lettuces. Um, there, no disrespect, there are, uh, there's, a, there's a whole industry there of people, you know, in the agriculture and other sector. We've been interested in more focusing on the, more of the high-end items, right. Um, right. diamonds, batteries, high-end apparel and the like. That's just the ones we've, we've been able to make work um, um, commercially. Um, so, but look, we're happy to have discussions with whomever comes across. There's a whole lot of world out there. Provenance is not going away. Um, the interest that consumers have in the supply chain is not going away. The, diff- the the government regulation that that's that's coming to to be able to further guarantee um, any claims that co- corporates might want to make about their about their product is not going away. I mean, and, and part of you know one of the drivers for the bigger corporates is that you know if you're using a technology like ours, which is best in class, then you then you can at least put that forward to any regulator or or, or litigant that comes against you and say, well, this, this is we we are, we are genuinely using the best. Um, in, in the business to be able to demonstrate that you know um, the claims that we're making, so um, so that yeah, look, we have to just have discussions with 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 anyway. It's not going away. Um, and I, I said this at the at the crypto conference, which we both attended, whatever it was, um, two three weeks ago, yeah. and um, which was you know a fun time and um, lots of people with different entrepreneurial ideas. One of the ironies, I think, is that you know the original crypto utopian. Um, dream where you know the borderless world and you won't need to sort of in- engage with countries or jurisdictions and God knows what. Um, that the irony is that ultimately blockchain might be used um, become most meaningful you know outside of the um, uh, digital asset space to be able to assist um, governments <laughs> to be able to um, properly regulate investment and trade flows. And so those, and, and actually bind particular countries together that can 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 um, can satisfy um, you know the, the ethical requirements which their governments and peoples require. So it's sort of it's sort of I find it quite interesting how ultimately um, you know things the story doesn't always turn out <laughs> as people originally um, expected, especially in in the you know in this in this technological space. Yeah. Yeah. No. Fantastic. And yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think this the, the whole idea of provenance uh, is, um, you know, is, is is something whose time has come, and it's going to continue to be critical for organisations. So, Dan Ryan, thank you very much for spending time with us today. Really appreciate it. No problem, Nick. I like your work. Thanks a lot. Great. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Web Three from Mystery to Main Street. Nothing in this podcast is legal or financial advice. Have a great day. And remember, every organization needs a Web3 strategy.